Well, welcome. This uh, session, we're going to talk about the three steps to handling objection. We said before when we talk about handling objection, it's different than overcoming the objections. And I'm going to explain the difference in the two of those. The good thing about handling objections is it gives you the opportunity to align yourself with your prospect. And aligning yourself with the prospect helps them see you as more normal than abnormal, more like them than someone else. So when we talk about handling objections, the reason we don't use the phrase overcoming objections is that implies an adversarial or a win-lose situation. Now, I can tell you in my experience, one of the biggest mistakes that I see salespeople make is that they try and fight their prospect's objection. They want the prospect to be wrong so they can be right. They want the prospect to be bad so they can be good. They want the competitor to be bad so they can be good. And when you fight an objection, your prospect sales resistance goes up. The sales process becomes much more difficult. And think about it. When you tell them that what they're objecting to is wrong, what are you actually asking them to do? You're actually asking them to acknowledge that they made a bad decision in the past, and if it hadn't been for you pointing it out, they wouldn't realize how stupid they were for making that decision. And that's not what we're trying to do with our prospects. So instead of battling with your prospect, you want to align yourself with them, and you want to reinforce to them that you're on their side. And why do you want to align with them? Well, by aligning with your prospect, you validate their concern. In other words, what they feel matters. Their feelings are neither right or wrong. And that it's okay to have made that decision and to feel that way so that you can lower their sales resistance. Remember, the mind's like a parachute. It only works when it's open. We want to lower their sales resistance and then make the objection much easier to overcome by helping them find other ways and other reasons to do business with you. So in order to handle an objection, we have to know what the specific objection is. And then once you determine what the specific objection is, you have to handle the objection immediately. You have to validate that concern. In other words, I understand how you feel. A lot of my customers have felt the same way. You have to isolate it. Other than the delivery date, is there any reason why you couldn't move ahead with this? And then once you isolate that concern, you have to start using effective questions. And the questions that you ask are questions that allow the prospect to disclose. Remember, we said the objections disclose. To disclose the real reason that they're not making the buying decision so that you can help them find a solution and, and add value to the product or service that you're presenting to them. So you want to validate the concern, restate or isolate the concern, and then begin asking effective questions. Now, when we say you want to validate the prospect's concern, that means that you want to demonstrate empathy for them, that the decision they made and the concern that they have is normal. Other people have had that concern. And then by pointing out to them and aligning with them that what they feel is normal, that other people have had that concern, that creates a feeling 
that you're more like them than not like them, that you would have had the same concern had you been in the same situation. And that gives you the opportunity to provide emotional concern. Remember, people buy on emotion are moved to action by logic. That we want people to feel like that we understand how they feel, that what they feel matters. Had we been in the same position, we probably would have felt the same way. We've had other customers that felt that way. And that gives us the opportunity to lower their sales resistance so they're more open-minded to hear another way of thinking about it or another way to look at it. Remember, the mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. So how do you do this three-step process? Well, there's two key phrases that you want to make an integrated part of your sales personality. In other words, part of your mantra, and that's I understand how you feel. I've had other customers who felt the exact same way. So you want to say that like it rolls off your tongue, like it's an integrated part of your sales personality. You want to say it with eye contact, with voice inflection that expresses concern, and with open, uh, an open body posture so that your arms aren't crossed, your legs aren't crossed. You're not reading brochures. You're not doodling on paper. You're looking at the prospect using reflective listening by nodding your head and stating, I understand how you feel. I've had other customers who felt the same way. See how that voice inflection works? So that you create that feeling that you're aligning yourself with your prospect. And then to isolate, make sure that you understand what the concern is, you want to repeat or rephrase the prospect's concern. Now think about this. When you repeat it and the prospect agrees that's their concern, you've now isolated it. You brought a broad objection down to a specific objection, which gives you the opportunity to make sure it's a final objection, and then you can form the solution. So the reason it's important to repeat or rephrase the prospect's concern is because it makes it a final concern. This is not a contest to see who can give the best rebuttals. It doesn't matter how good you are at rebuttals if they don't sign the contract. If you don't get the application, if you don't get the business, then your rebuttals were the reasons why they didn't buy from you. So it's important to repeat or rephrase the prospect's concern to make sure it's a final concern before you provide the rebuttal because you want to make sure that you're at the end of the road. If they're still not going to buy from you, then the objection really doesn't matter, does it? And by restating, repeating, rephrasing the prospect's concern, and making sure it's a final concern, you demonstrate that you're listening, that what they say matters, how they feel about what they say matters to you. And that aligns you with them so that they see you as more like them than, than not like them. Once you isolate that objection and make sure it's a final objection, that you're at the end of the road, then you start asking effective questions. But when you're asking effective questions, you're finding out specifically what they don't like, specifically what they do like. But I will tell you, there's two things to remember. Always get permission to ask those questions. So it's always, do you mind if I ask you a question? Well, let me ask you another question. You want to make sure that you get permission to do that. That creates an agreement that binds you guys together so that you're working together on this solution. And always be polite. Tone of voice, voice inflection. Uh, does not necessarily reflect a disapproval of you or your product or service. It may just be their personality style. There may be other issues going on in their life that their tone of voice is not reflective of 
this conversation, this relationship you're building with them. It may be some other things that are going on with them. So always be polite. Remember, this isn't about you. The sales process is about the prospect, not about you. So when we do the rebuttals, we want to make sure that we're at the end of the road. There's no point in providing a rebuttal if we're not at the end of the road. This isn't a contest to see who can come up with the best rebuttals. The idea of answering objections is to provide enough information for the prospect to make that buying decision from you today. You don't give quotes. Quotes is what you get when you get in a car accident. You get three quotes, not because you get the first quote to make a buying decision, but you get the first quote to compare to the next quote. The idea is not to educate them or consult with them. You're not there to be a teacher, and you're not the counselor. Rebuttals are designed to provide you with enough information to assist the prospect in making a buying decision today. So let's look at some effective questions when we say that you use effective questions. So you've already said, I understand how you feel. I've had a lot of customers that felt the same way. Let me ask you a question. Then you bring a broad objection down to a specific objection. You isolate it. You make sure you're at the end of the road. And then you start using effective questions. Now, when we say effective questions, we're talking about both the high trust questions and low trust questions. High trust questions are questions that lay the foundation to form a relationship. Low trust questions are questions that reflect a relationship where you've earned the right to ask those questions. So if you're walking down the mall and a middle-aged lady's coming towards you on the other side, you wouldn't step over to her and say, excuse me, how much medication do you own and how much do you weigh, right? Because you don't have that kind of relationship with her. But you have to, yet salespeople do that all the time. We ask low trust questions with people we haven't laid the foundation for the relationship yet. So let's look at what some of those high trust questions are that help establish the foundation of that relationship. First of all, it's important to understand that low trust questions are questions designed to help establish a relationship and result in you earning the right to ask those higher trust questions. 